Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. I want to start out this morning with a scripture from John chapter 16. John 16, verse 33. In the King James, it reads this way. These things I have spoken to you unto you that in me you may have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I want to read that from the Amplified Translation. And it reads this way. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world. You have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. And I like this last part. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. You can't say what he said here. <laughs> he said, I've deprived it of power to harm you. And I've conquered it for you. Did you, did you hear that? <laughs> I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Boy, could there ever have been as com a complete a job as what Jesus did? Ah, uh, it's nothing. He's, he's really cool. We're reminding ourselves of what the Lord shared with us at the latter part of 2018 and early 2019 for this year. Declarations for 2019, saying what God says, and 2019, the year of your IRA or individual responsibility and accountability. And so as this year winds down, we're reminding ourselves, um, first of all, of saying what God says. There were some declarations that he gave to us. And we're kind of checking ourselves to see where we are in that. And if we are all right, we continue on. If we hadn't been keeping up with those things, we want to do that and catapult into the next year. One confession that we had was that I will not be deceived. And remember that Jesus told us that in Mark, Matthew 24, he said, see that no man deceive you. So we should declare what he says and we should declare that we will not be deceived. So why don't we do that together? Just say that with me. I, I will, not will not be deceived. Be deceived. Do we really mean that? Yes. <laughs> I will not be deceived. All right. Secondly, I win. And there are a couple of scriptures that tell us. Second Corinthians 214 and then first Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. Tell us thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And thanks be to God who always causes us to try. Now, notice with both of those scriptures, there's thanks involved with the victory that he says we have. Thanksgiving is such a vital part of our lives and we can never, ever, 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 ever forget it. If we leave Thanksgiving out, we're going to leave out a lot of blessing. We'll leave out strength to persevere, as Brother Dennis shared with us. Thanksgiving has so much to do with what happens in our lives. So we can never let the enemy steal our praise. We'll never, never let him take our, our thanksgiving away from us. Oh, we can never become so 
um, inappreciative of what God has done for us that we forget to give thanks. We cannot forget that. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. There's something good in your life. You're saved. Hallelujah. (laughs) You're saved. That's the best thing. Glory to God. So let's learn and keep in memory as God's people to always acknowledge the good. Just like God told us in Philemon 6, that we should acknowledge every good thing that is in us that is in Christ Jesus. There's a tendency that we can have to focus so much on the negative that we don't even realize what the good is that is there. So we need to recognize what's good and magnify it. Amen. So I win. I am protected by the power of God. There are scriptures that God gives us to live in these days that we are in where he he says to us, we don't have to be concerned about being overrun by evil. We don't have to be concerned about our lives being snuffed out and all that kind of crazy stuff. He's told us that we dwell in the secret place of the most high. We abide under the shadow of the almighty and that we are to say of the Lord. He is our refuge and our fortress, that he's our God and that in him we trust. Well, to say the word, it says that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper and that every tongue, not just a few, but every tongue that rises against us in judgment that we condemn it. We show it to be in the wrong because we belong to God and we are his righteousness and his righteousness. Our righteousness is of him. Amen. All right. We also declare that we owe no one anything but love, nor will we be the surety for anyone's debt. We declare that the fraud is over. We declare that we're healthy, wealthy and wise. And we declare that we are the light of the world. Now, all of these are so important to us. And as we declare the word of God over ourselves, over our families, over our loved ones, or just in general, we're doing what God says. And of course, we are finding out as we continue to live, as the Bible teaches us, that our words are meant to carry power. So we need to talk. We need to say the same thing that God says. I have always thought about it in this light. In Genesis chapter one, God went through all the time to go over and over and over and over and say, God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And to me, that means a lot because he could have just said in all, you know, maybe a couple of paragraphs, you know, I did this, 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 and this, and it was so. But through all of what he did in recreating and refurbishing what's around us, he went through the monotony almost of saying, and God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And before he did that, he preceded it by saying the spirit of God was moving or hovering over the face of the waters. And so he's doing that where our lives are concerned and he wants to be active in our lives. And we find out from the scriptures that the Holy Spirit is active when it comes to the word of God. When the word of God is spoken, well, he, the angels of God, are there to work with that word. We don't give him anything to work with. Well, we are really depending on the sheer grace of the most high. Well, let's not just depend on the grace of God. Let's be partakers of what he's doing and give him our words and our actions so that we can be laborers together with him and not just expecting him to show up and do everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Now, so last week we, we, we asked ourselves a question in the light of this word for this year. What am I individually responsible and accountable for? And a few things that we had that God gave us at the beginning of the year. Number one, I'm responsible for who God says I am, both in Christ and as a state citizen or as an American and not as a U.S. citizen. Last week, I left that last part off 
And we're going to look at that a little bit today. But we're responsible for finding out who God says we are. Okay, whatever he tells us about who we are in this book, in this word, we got to go to it. We got to find out what he says. All right. What does he say about you? Anybody know what he says about you? So my, I was nice and quick. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That's good. What else does he say about us? I'm the light of the world. Come on. See, we're the light of the world. All right. This is what he says about us. So if he says that about me, then what he's, he's speaking into my life, that's my identity, so to speak. That's who I am because he said it. And I tell you what, more life will be different for every believer when they start taking on what daddy says about them instead of what somebody else said about them. Let's make sure our ears are tuned to what our father says. And then what anybody else says, it doesn't match with that. You can throw it in the trash. Don't even pay it any mind. Stop letting the enemy whisper in your ear and beat you down. Let, don't, don't do that. This is what my father says. And I don't care whether you feel the furthest from righteousness today than you ever felt in your life. Did you know that times I felt that way? But you know what? You learn not to bend to that. You just keep saying what God says. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. (laughs) 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 And that's all there is to it. uh, Folks, I'm telling you, God is working on bringing his people to such a consciousness of the victory that we have and the standing that we have in him, the tests and trials mean absolutely nothing. Yes. Now, I know like we can say in Texas, that's hard for some of us to swallow. <laughs> I say swallow up, no, but swallow. Okay, it's hard for some people to swallow. But hey, I, that's, that's what Paul said. He said, none of these things even move me. And when you look at what he had to deal with, I think that guy probably had more to deal with than all of us in this room put together. And he just kept on chucking. He just said, hey, none of these things move me. And I don't even count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my course with joy. See, there's the key right there. In order to be able to finish my course with joy, I can't be looking on the stuff that's going on that's uncomfortable. If my focus and my attention is on that stuff there, the joy of the Lord is not going to be my strength. I'm not saying that we don't we don't that, that those things are not real. They're real. They're very real. When your sense is hurt, it's real. When it's not enough, it's real. But there's a reality that's bigger than that. And that's where we've got to keep our focus as believers. And we've got to constantly remind ourselves of these things. Boy, I remember Billy and Sarah Gaines, that there's a song there, I will remind myself of what he's done for me. Oh, such a great song. And so we need to remind ourselves. You know, rather than looking at what's challenging in front, maybe rehearse some of the past victories. Rehearse some of the things that he's done for you already. Some of the things that you see in the word that he's done for other people. Some things that other, other people have testimonies of or what he's done for them. And you've heard those testimonies. Well, why not me? Amen. Come on now. See, so we can just take all these good things and encourage ourselves rather than letting the enemy discourage us. And all of it depends on focus. <laughs> Where's my focus? Hallelujah. So let's like, uh, what is it? It might be, it's, I think it's the, it, it may be the message translation. It says, cheer up. <laughs> cheer up. Put your little mirror out. Say, cheer up. If you're already full of cheer, look at somebody else and say, cheer up. Say, <laughs> tell them, cheer up. Smile. Smile. Let me see your dimples. <laughs> Jeff might want to take a picture of you real quick. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So we, we must take our responsibility and find out who God says we are. Second Corinthians 517 tells us that we are a new creation. Hallelujah. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God on the inside. Everything's of God. Hallelujah. All right. Finding my place in the body of Christ is my responsibility. No one else is going to do that for me. I'm, I have to stop here because I'm continually amazed. And I'm, I'm it's you know, sometimes it's like continuing to push against or hit. A cement wall. You got to keep hitting something in the same place until something gives. Y'all remember years ago and, you know, off and on, I told you about this lot wall that we had on our block and how we had this little, it was a little hole in this wall. And what we used to do, we would stick firecrackers in the wall. And I mean, this, this went on for years, years. I'm talking, we used to play baseball against this wall. We would, uh, we would draw, take some chalk and draw a box, you know. And that would be the strike zone, you know, and we have either our little Spaldings or Pincy Pinkies and, you know, somebody be out there in the middle of the street pitching against the wall. We played we played ball on this wall. I mean, we did all kind of things. We pitched pennies against the wall, pitched quarters. You know, anybody know of pitching pennies and all that kind of stuff? You know, we did play Chinese handball. We played real handball. That lot wall was our everything on Bergen Street. And so, you know, there was this little hole in the, in the middle. And we just started sticking firecrackers in there and the hole would get a little bit bigger over the years. We start sticking, you know, bigger explosives in there. And so finally we blew a hole in that wall that we could walk through into the lot. If we hit a foul ball, we used to have to climb. Oh, we go to one of the side, the houses that were on either side of the wall. We'd have to climb over that wall and go down into the lot to find our ball. Or if we were playing football, you know, some, somehow another ball went over there. We had to climb, but we blew a hole in that wall. And it came to where we could walk through that to get to whatever we, you know, lost over in there. So we had to keep punching at things. And I'm feeling like what, what we, we have to keep punching at, sometimes as a minister, have to keep punching at the things that we have to renew our minds to. And especially being new covenant believers, because we really do have to get out of this mindset that we're waiting on God to do everything. And it's not easy. You know, our, our conversation, our talk just lends to that. We're waiting on God. God, do this. And, and folk, this is a joint effort. And in the day that God is looking for the church to grow up and mature, we got to realize it is a joint effort. Co-laborers. And so that means it's got to be a change. And, you know, this, this, this thing can get kind of, it, it can make you feel kind of tight initially because you're thinking, man, do I got to do something? What, what, I'm, I'm doing everything I can do now. What, what, I got to, I got to, yeah, I got to. Yeah. So it's like, see, we, 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 can, we can think sometimes like old covenant people and just kind of wait for God to do it all. But it's not that way in the new covenant. His is the strength. His is the power. His is the glory. But then I got to remember, he gave that strength, power and glory to me. And he didn't give it to me for me to just kind of sit on it and wait for him to do everything. He said, come on, y'all, let's work together. Hallelujah. See the rousing amen and excitement that that creates. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Man? You see, so it's like we got to. And what, what it requires is us taking time. 
to spend in that word and spend it with the father and face up against the trash in our lives and just say, you know what? I'm not going to bend. I ain't going to bow and I ain't going to break in Jesus name. And then partake of it and then put this word in our mouths and be declarers of what God has already said. Boy, there's something that is really, really smoking, boy. And when you look at the fact that Jesus already won the victory, if he's already won, then my mindset is supposed to be, I've already won. I've already won. I'm the victor. And remember, if you don't remember anything else about that, I win. I win. I win. I win. And make that voice as annoying to the enemy as you possibly can. I win. I win. I am responsible for my health. Third John two says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And I tell you, you know, this this we can never talk about this enough today with all the stuff that's going on around us. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. If you don't know it, uh, everything is coming against you, me and our health. The new world order. (laughs) Everything about Satan himself is coming against your health. And so it is going to behoove us all to look into what is necessary for us to be able to live healthy lives. See, this comes back to what I just said earlier. There's a responsibility that we have to take where things are concerned. Folks, there are a lot of people that don't want to accept responsibility. There are a lot of people that don't want to accept responsibility. We're trying to convey to people, right, Lord, that you have called us to be responsible. And there are a lot of folks that just don't want to receive it. Isn't that right? I know, you know, but but the time that we're living in, guess what? We're going to have to accept that responsibility and we're going to have to embrace it. And we're going to have to realize the time, the season that we're in, that this is a time that the body of Christ is to grow up and become strong. It's a time where they're to take their place. And it's a time to demonstrate before the world exactly the things that Jesus would demonstrate if he were here himself. Because we're the body of Christ and we're members in particular. And then the scripture tells us in Ephesians 1, doesn't it tells us that we're the fullness of him that fills all in all. Right. Isn't that right? That's what it tells us. Right. OK. <laughs> See, the molecules are talking back at me. OK. <laughs> See, but this is, you know, and I, if guys, I know it. And some of y'all watching, I, you know, I, I feel what goes on. Trust me, I feel I feel a lot of stuff. Not just because of other people, because I mean, folk, you, you don't know what goes on. You know, the stuff that comes in my mind, you don't know the stuff that I got to push through every day. Some people just think oh, you just, you know, you're on another planet somewhere. You don't know what's going on. You just you're oblivious to it. You're crazy if you think that. <laughs> See? So we're learning how, how God is wanting us to bench press, you know, bench press and start building up that strength to where we stand. It's just his strength that we're taking partaking of. We're not creating anything on our own. We're just partaking of what he's given to us. Amen. Somebody. Hallelujah. All right. So health is important. Don't let, well, let's put it this way. The enemy's responsible for a lot of stuff. But we want to stay away as much as we can from self-induced tests and trials. And there's a lot of them that are around. We just, we make our own, and then a lot of Christians blame the devil. 
And there's time out for that. And that's part of accepting responsibility, too, because if I create my own test and trial, I can't say the devil did it. <laughs> Come on now. Let's just be real. I mean, we don't like him. He's our enemy. But if I create my own test and trial, I can't blame it on him. It's me. I did that or I didn't do that. See, the devil's been out for Christian people for God knows how long. The devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. Everything ain't the devil. Some of us me. <laughs> Some of us me. See, so now until we can raise our hands and say, some of us me, we got some growing to do. And some responsibility to accept. So, hallelujah. Amen. All right. So I'm also responsible for my education in life. Knowledge becomes power when combined with wisdom and action. So I, I have to read. You look at one of your neighbors, please, and say, read. read. And let's spell it. R-E-A-D. -E read. <laughs> we have to do it. Oh, God. Sometimes, Lord Jesus, help me. We got to read. We got to study some things. We got to get some books. We got to go online. We got to search out information where people know more than we know. I want to hook up with people that know more than I know so that I can learn. I don't want to be without knowledge. I want understanding and I want to be able to walk in it. And that's what the book of Proverbs is so full of that. One of the Old Testament books that is so full of that. And the challenge that it gives to us to go get knowledge and understanding is that book. And it's amazing. So we want to be people that push through. We want to read. Yeah. Amen. Because I'm telling you something, guys. It's not going to be pleasant for folks that don't go after knowledge. Not only the devil, but people are going to take advantage of you. And so yeah. we need to study, show ourselves approved. Amen. Now, what I want to do this morning, I want to take this piece that I left off of that first point under number two who God says we are. We're responsible for who he says we are in Christ. But we also are responsible for what he's done on this land and what he originally set up as his intent and purpose for people that live on this land. We have to figure that out. Now, before we jump into that, which we, we probably won't hit it hard today, but I want to take some of what we talked about when it comes to what we we say, because we've got to understand something that we're in a war of words. And this is very, very important. Now, who I am as a state citizen, as an American, not a U.S. citizen. All right. Now, listen to this. And I wrote it down. I put in quotation marks because it's we need to hear this. Everything that is going on in this nation and all the nations in the earth is a conflict between light and darkness. When we truly understand this, then we will understand the importance of our discussions regarding state citizenship and U.S. citizenship or slash corporate slavery. All right. Now, see, I, I, it, it's an amazing thing. 
all through my Christian life, and even before I, I, you know, became what you would say was born again, as far as I understood, there was always all this talk about the Lord coming, the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, the book of Revelation being this mysterious book, the last days and all the things that were going to happen in the last days. And Christian people would talk about all these things. And it has amazed me, even up to this point today, that we're talking about all that stuff. So many of us still don't get the picture. And we don't realize that when we talk about what's going on in the nations, we're talking about a conflict between light and darkness. We're not talking about politics. And especially in America, we got to understand that when you start talking about some of these things and then people start thinking you talk, well, immediately they're thinking you talk about Democrats and Republicans. And I can't stand that president. And it's like, that's, that's the last thing we should be thinking about. We should be thinking about looking for things that identify what's going on in this conflict between light and darkness. Because as the scriptures say, and as we've taken time over the course of the past couple of years to look at things, the scriptures tell us that, and they tell us this in, in Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, they tell us in all these, all these Old Testament books and all these prophets that have written about, you know, this Babylon. And it wasn't just about the Babylon that was back then, it was about a world structure, and it was about this conflict between the Lord God Almighty and Lucifer and these demonic spirits and the control that they want to have in government affairs and ruling over nations. The whole Bible is a conflict between light and darkness and about Satan's desire to get into what God created, get in a seat of government and be like the most high. That's what it's all about. And so whatever we see going on in the nations and including our own, it, that's what it's about. So we, we need to stop thinking Democrats, Republicans, liberals and all that. We need to get our minds off of that distraction. And especially as Christian people, because we're the ones who pose the no. And so and, uh, until we get our focus right, we're not going to be able to expect the world to get its focus right and be able to find out what's really going on in the world. Amen. And when God started out with what we had on this land, he started out, really, it was almost like looking for a new Jerusalem on the earth at the time. That's really what it was all about. People left other countries because of the tyranny of kings and rulers and governors. And they came to a place where they wanted to be free, where they wanted to worship God freely, where they wanted to have their own land, have their own stuff and not have a king taking their stuff from them and oppressing them. And for the most part, especially in the minds of Christians, we just gave it up. Because most of us had, didn't have a clue about what really was supposed to be. And folks, we got to, we got to swim. I don't care what kind of stroke you got to use to get back. If we got a butterfly, I mean, we, whatever we got to do. <laughs> we got to swim and we got to find our way back to what God meant to be. 
Hallelujah. And you know what? It's going to take some pressing in. And it's not just for my personal sake or paying taxes and not paying taxes and all that kind of stuff. It's got to go beyond these things. We've got to realize we're talking about the kingdom of God. And what God meant to establish in the lives of men and women on the face of this earth, even while we're here now. Not waiting till the new millennium or whatever you want to call it, but now because we're here now. And Jesus said, occupy until I come. Occupy. Occupy is a military term that means you go get something, put a flag there and keep it. Don't let the enemy get it back ever again. See, and so the mindset being of wanting to wait until Jesus hurry up and come so we can get out of all this. And it's been a thing that is watered the authority of the church down to where so many believers are not aggressively looking to take up ground and take up space. They're so busy dealing with tests and trials and wanting to get out of here. And so that kind of watered down mindset is what has opened the door for Satan and demon spirits to do what they're doing and take ground that does not belong to them. Now, I know some people don't like to hear this, but it don't matter. It needs to be heard. Because we're supposed to be, as God's people, we are, are not just, you know, kind of floating through until oh, something happens. We're an occupational force. You know what I mean? We're supposed to occupy. And that's why Jesus said, go into all the world. Go into the cosmos. Start taking back what the enemy has stolen and make it Jesus Christ. But then again, here's the mindset. And we can even see it in some of the ways that some things come across in the book of Revelation. It's wait, we'll wait until Jesus comes and he'll do it. Jesus already came. Matter of fact, Jesus is already here. Isn't he in me? Isn't he in you? So he's already here. He's here. Say all nations, please. All nations. all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich, or they've grown rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, all you sinners. And excuse me. Oh, excuse me. My bad. Come out of her. My people. All right. Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. Now, that is such an interesting scripture because you would think, OK, if if I'm God's man, woman, boy, girl, then I'm, I'm automatically I escape from all that stuff that he's talking about. Wouldn't you think that? I mean, wouldn't that be, you know, I mean, sensible reasoning? I mean, you would think that. But now here God says something different. He says, come out of her, my people, so that you are not partaker of her sins and of her plagues. Now, folks, that needs some investigating. Because something wrong there, if, 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 if we just say, well, I'm saying not to worry about nothing else, there's something wrong there. There's a problem. There's a big problem. Because <laughs> he said, come out of her, my people. And we know from other scriptures when God talks about his people, if he calls you my people, 
then you his people. That means he's living in us. But yet he says, come out. So that means that even though we know the Lord, he's living in us. There can be some kind of attachment to Babylon that we got to come out of. Whoa, look at there. Somebody said, but I thought this was the book of Revelation and it just told my stuff to come. We might be in the middle of a lot of this stuff that we've read in this book. And I'm not saying neither here nor there. But I'm just saying we got to read and take to heart what's what's said here. So that means I'm going to have to find out what Babylon is all about. And I have to find out how I might be attached to Babylon. And the only two things that I can think of, according to what the scriptures teach me, is that it has to be either in a moral sense. That the ways of the world are what are a part of my life, which no believer seems to have any problem getting that part. But the other part is jurisdictionally. Is there some kind of natural authority that I've given them over my life, whether I know it or not? Is it there? Because that's part of it, too. And when we stutter out all the trickery, all the chicanery, all the things that Satan has set up in the world and on our land to enslave people, when we start looking at that, it becomes very easy to see what it is that he's put out there and what it is that we need to detach ourselves from. Now, doing the detaching is a whole nother story. But we at least need to find out what we need to detach from so we can start moving in that direction. Somebody ought to say amen. amen, especially if God said, come out. I don't think we should be wanting to partake of the plagues of some satanic worldly structure that's not supposed to have any kind of jurisdiction over my life. If Jesus took authority over the enemy and he brought, he purchased me in my life. He bought me back. He took me off the shelf. He purchased me, redeemed me. Then I should want to have enough respect for that redemption to say, you know what? I want to come out whatever way you told me I'm supposed to come out. Amen. I mean, is that illogical? Is, is, is that beyond logic? Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> I don't want to be creepy and off course. I mean, I want, I want to connect. <laughs> All right. So Jeremiah 51. And this is such a. Oh, God. Jeremiah said a whole lot about Babylon. And some of the stuff that he said was in just, you know, little pockets of scripture, but so profound and will make you have to listen to the Holy Ghost and let him expand things for you. In Jeremiah 51, let's begin with verse 6. See, a lot of people would think all that he was doing was talking about Babylon that they were dealing with right there. But you got to realize that Babylon represented not just that country right then, but it represented a structure, a system. So here he says from verse 6, he says, flee out of the midst of Babylon. And deliver every man his soul. Sounds to me like. That was prophetic where Revelation 18 was concerned. Couldn't he say Revelation 18? He said, come out, right? Okay, here he says, flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in her iniquity. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. Babylon 
has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad <laughs> like a mad dog <laughs> foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Got rabies or something. Can't figure out what's going on. They're sick. Then he says, verse, verse eight, Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain. If so, be she may be healed. Woe. No, no. We would have healed Babylon, but she's not healed. Now, look at what he says here. Forsake her and let us go everyone into his own country. Oh, good Lord. I ain't never heard nobody mess with that up to this day. Well, I was talking to a good brother of mine that, 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 that has shown me a whole lot of where these things are coming. And I shared this with him. I said, look at this. And then, well, you know, when I started finding out that what Babylon has done is attempt, and is doing right now is attempting to set up the same structure on every single nation that is done on our land. All these banking systems getting set up. You, if you were to look at stuff going on in other lands, you would see such similarities. And you're hearing things on TV about different nations and all the, the disrest and all of the unrest that's going on at places like Venezuela stuff in South America. And people are telling you on TV, oh, we got these wicked rulers and, and Syria. You know, we got to get them out of the way. And it ain't got nothing to do about them being wicked rulers. It's got to do with the people, these, these other nations not being a part of a central banking system. And there's somebody who wants to come in there and take this stuff and enslave the people and take all their resources. But because most people don't read or go any deeper than what you hear on the news around here, you never figure that out. Folks, if it's a global deal, if it's a global system, then listen to me carefully. You got to quit listening to that garbage they're telling you and trying to make you believe and start studying the book and then studying what God set up on his land to figure out what's really going on in the nations of this world. Because it's all about enslavement. That's what the devil's about. Stealing, killing, destroying, enslaving. Look at history and what's gone on in all the nations of the world. When the enemy found his way into there and, uh, and got into a seat of where he could get a man or a woman of his to rule, guess what happened? The people were enslaved. The people were oppressed. The poor were oppressed. The kings took the people's stuff from them. That's what happened here. Do you know that? That's what happened here. That's what happened here. People had a right to their land, to gold and to silver. How much gold and silver you see people spending today? I'm just asking a question. For observation's sake, look at what's going on. How many of you own your own land? I mean, own it. How many of you are not paying any taxes to the, to the county for your stuff you own? I said, or not. See, we got to think about these things. And we don't think about it. We just be, you know, good little slaves, little slaves just going on. Just we got we got enough to eat, drink and drive. And we don't pay attention to nothing else. But we in bondage while we're doing it. Locked up. Don't even recognize what's going on. So we got to pay more attention. I know it's challenging. <laughs> 
we got to pay more attention because this is real. It's very real. It's real. And it's going to get really, really real in days to come, because I'm going to tell you what Satan, the new world order, Babylon, whatever sticker you want to put on them where you can recognize it is out to steal, kill and destroy, steal, kill, destroy, steal, kill, destroy. Nothing about what's going on in this global structure is for your good. Nothing. Nothing is for the good of mankind. Nothing. If Satan's in it, it's steal, kill, destroy, enslave. And I don't think we should have a slave mentality. I think we should have a mentality that we're the rulers, we're the governors, that we're an authority and that God made, just like he said in Psalm 115, he said the, the heaven and the heaven of heavens God made for himself, but the earth he's given to the children of men. This place is ours. Mm-hmm. So our thinking has got to change. We got to think, man, this stuff is mine. Somebody took my stuff. Somebody took my stuff. Somebody took my stuff. Somebody took my stuff. And ain't got no right to it. <laughs> Lord Jesus, come on. Okay, so now he said, we would have healed Babylon, but she's not healed. Forsake her and let, let us go everyone into his own country, for her judgment reaches into the heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. So judgment is already hitting Babylon. And it's hitting it big time. It's hitting Babylon. Judgment is hitting Babylon. Judgment is hitting the structure. If you knew some of the things that are going on with these Federal Reserve notes right now, you'd realize that, that, that the structure is getting hit big time. Yeah. All right, let's not go too far. Let's do this because we're going we're gonna to do this today and this is going to be it. We're in a war of words. We've got to realize this. Just like we have to realize that all is going on in every nation is, is a conflict between light and darkness. Now, some of us have learned some things about words in our Christianity over the years, but I guarantee you folks, we don't know even a half of it yet. Remember Isaiah 55, 11, God says, so shall my word be. What? That goes out of my mouth. He said, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So we know from the, just the, the few things we know from the scriptures that God's word, he does things by his word. He, what he speaks, he expects what he puts out there in the air to come back and not come back empty. So in other words, whatever he says and puts it out there, he means for it to his words to accomplish whatever it is that he said. Amen. Right. All right. So now think about this. He said, in my word, is not going to return to me void. Then he tells us in Psalm 103, verse 20, he said, bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength that do his commandments, uh, listening to the voice of his word. All right. And we know the Bible also tells us in Hebrew, Hebrews 1 that the angels of God, that they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. They are the workers in the kingdom of God in the spirit realm to help take what God says, carry it out and help bring that to pass to where it can come to pass in our natural lives. 
That's why they're there. They're flaming fires. They are servant spirits. That's why we got to talk what God says and stay in agreement with God so that our help can still be there working on our behalf. Because remember, when it comes to heaven, folk, in this new covenant, everything is a joint effort. Everybody's got a part to play. The father has his part. Son has his part. Holy Spirit has his part. I have my part. The angels have their part. And they're to operate in the unseen realm by the spoken, believed, acted on word of God. Hallelujah. That's why we need to be a talking people. We need to find what this thing says and we need to talk. We need to talk it. Hallelujah. We need to talk it. All right. So now we know that. But do we know in reality and is it a revelation to us that the ungodly are doing the same thing, that they are using words as weapons? Yeah, they got guns, they got bazookas and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Most of that stuff and really all of it becomes powerless when people really understand the power behind the words. You got to realize because there are times that folks have shot at folk and couldn't hit them. Tried to blow them up and stuff wouldn't detonate. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. There are times that some people have been in accidents and what should have been disastrous, they couldn't be touched. Their car might have been just destroyed, but nothing happened to them. Walked out of it. And you look at the vehicle and say, what? Man, how in the world did they get out of that? I'm saying, you see, so the natural weapons, they got got to be triggered by something. And when the enemy is in charge of them, he's trying to use words to trigger them. And then we as believers, we got to realize that this the the same way that God operates is the same way that our enemy tries to operate. He can't come up with anything new. That's why we're in, in, in more than anything, we're in a war of words. Folks, I'm, I'm only I'm taking this to introduce something to you because what I share with you in the next couple of weeks about what's going on on the land, you're going to see how the enemy has got into the words and painted pictures with words and 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 made certain uh, had people identify with certain things by the words that he's spoken. And then we take those same words. And then we apply them to our lives, not even knowing the kind of conflict that we are really in. So let's look at a few scriptures. Psalm 12. No, better now. Let's start at Psalm 2 first. I'm going to change that order a little bit because this is a this is a really good picture. Psalm 2, begin with verse 1. Funny thing about it is, you know, these scriptures that we read all our lives. Christian lives. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine or meditate on a vain thing? Now, just stop there. Why do the heathen rage? Rage. How do you rage? Yeah. And what do you use to rage? If you go through a fit, let's just say Didi's going to have a fit. And she's going to get on somebody and she's going to stand here.
What's she gonna do? If, if all them actions are there, she gonna be putting words behind her. You no good, such as a you. I'll tie you. Go wherever. That's what people, you know, they say that kind of stuff, right? So what they're doing? They're using this speech. He said, and imagine or meditate on a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying. Saying. (laughs) Saying. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. This is what they say to the Lord and his anointed. Saying. Saying. <laughs> Saying. Talking. Expecting it to come to pass. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. That's the same we thing we should be doing when the enemy start whispering in our ear. People get all shook up. Why we get shook up? Folks, why we get shook up at the devil and what he's saying? Can I ask us a question? Why we get shook up? If we've been raised up together and made to sit together with him, why are we getting shook up? We should be what? <laughs> Laughing. Hey, we should be laughing. <laughs> we should be laughing. <laughs> we should be having a hee-haw. <laughs> what? You go, what you gonna do? Like the picture, remember along, the devil said, what? And that little cat got <laughs> And y'all remember that? Okay, I see how excited we are about this little piece of word here. <laughs> but here's what he said. He that sits in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. And it says, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and do what? Vex them in his sore displeasure. He says, so you know what? We're going to see whose words prevail. Amen. Amen. He said, I'm going to vex you. You don't come up against me with your little puny speech. Folk, there ain't no weapon that can, 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 can succeed against. There's no counsel. Solomon tells us, none against the Lord. None. And these cats have been deceived into thinking that they got something going with Lucifer. They ain't got a thing going. Nothing. Nothing. They are nothing. Less than nothing. Negative. <laughs> negative. Negative four. Five, six, seven, eight. It don't matter which one you get. Because negative is negative. They ain't got It can't even come up to zero. Help us, Jesus, help us, help us all. All right, so now let's look at Psalm, uh, Psalm, Psalm 12, verses 1 through 4. I just want to take a few scriptures, because it's got to be planted in our minds the way that the enemy operates. He's talking, he's speaking things, folks, and he's trying to speak things over our lives, over your lives, and he's wanting us, he needs us to get an agreement with what he's saying and identify with what he's saying and say the same that he thinks that he's saying and act on what he's saying in order for him to have any kind of authority in our lives. Help, Lord. 
For the godly man ceases, verse 1 of Psalm 12, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Listen, they speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, with our tongue will we prevail? Our lips are our own, and who is Lord over us? This is what they say. This is what the wicked, this, the people who are in, in covenant with the devil, this is what they say. Check it out. I'm going to read it again. Who have said, with our tongue, Will we prevail? Notice, they didn't say without bazookas. They didn't say without anthrax. They didn't say without swords. They didn't say without cruise missiles. They said, what? With our tongues we will prevail. Our lives are our own. Uh-oh. See, they're bucking straight against God now. They don't even want to belong to him. He said, we don't want you to have any rule over us. Our lives are our own. Who is Lord over us? Like Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? You see what kind of trouble it got him in, right? Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Who be the Lord? He found out who be the Lord, right? And they, all these cats going to find out who be the Lord. So this is how they operate. There's some other scriptures. Now, listen, dominion and authority are expressed through our anointed words. We should be confessing and declaring the same things that the Lord has said. The ungodly are only able to prevail when the righteous fail to use their authority. The ungodly are only able to prevail when the righteous fail to use their authority. Now, I'm with God's help just trying to paint some pictures and also challenge us to think about what has gone on in, on this planet for the last almost 20, 20, a little over 2,000 years. And I say it that way because we're talking about when the church, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the church came into being on the, on the earth. Now, think about what's gone on. And think about what has not happened for a moment and what should have happened. If we are to be in such league and union with the almighty God, the church should be prevailing. OK, so you see what the enemy has done. He said, I'm going to infiltrate and I'm going to do some stuff here. I'm going to get my speech in. I'm going to get it in the main line and I'm going to get my speech even into the lives of these Christian people. I'm going to make sure they don't they never learn how to talk right. I'm going to make sure the speech and communication are fouled up. I'm going to take one word and I'm going to give it nine different meanings. So they'll never be able to get on the same page unless they really dig in and find out how to do this thing. But I'm going to throw so many distractions at them. They'll never even think that words are a major issue. You still with me? So now, what must we do? Let's bring this thing home. 1 
thing we got to do when it comes to our words and our speech, we got to clean up the fountain. All right. King James calls it a fountain. Spring of water. Let's look at James chapter three. We're traveling this way because the Lord is going to help us understand some stuff that's going on on the land based on what we're talking about. Here, James 3 from verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater judgment or the, the greater condemnation or the stricter judgment. Now, listen, he says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word... The same is a perfect or mature man and able also to bridle the whole body. Did we heard that? He said, man, if you know how to govern your mouth and your speech and not stumble where your words are concerned, he said, you can bridle your whole body. Huh? You mean I can make my body do what it's supposed to do? I can bridle it with my my mom used to call it a little red rag in your mouth. That's what gets you in trouble. <laughs> he said, bridle my whole body. So now look, 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 look. It may be a little tangent, but look, if, if my body is out of control, I might want to look at my tongue. I just might want to look at my tongue. And especially, guys, especially in the light of how I talk about other people. Folk going to be surprised. See, there's, there's an element of this where so many of us have to listen to what we're talking and how we're talking and how we're especially talking about other people. Because a lot of times we, 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 we get on a seat of judgment when it comes to other people. And we know all the answers and we can tell everybody what they're supposed to do or what they're not doing. And what they're not doing is right. And, and I realized it. And, you know, I, this is something and I never forgot it because somebody said long time ago, when you point that one finger out and you judging other people, so you lift up that thumb, you got three pointing back at you. And not realizing that when we, 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 we take our words and we're always sitting in judgment over other people, well, you know what? The Bible says when we, we, we judge, we're going to be judged. And many don't realize that that right there is an open door to many challenging things going on in their minds and in their bodies because pointing a finger, pointing a finger, pointing a finger. Always pointing a finger. You can't never do nothing right. You ain't never going to be no good. Blah, 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 blah. And then some folks can't figure out why they're tired all the time. Why they can't control their appetite. Never make a connection, though. But here God said, if I will make up my mind, not to stumble where my speech is concerned, that I can take the same way and I can bridle my body. Some people have no energy because they, they, folk, let me tell you, it is, a, I, I would challenge us all to just take some time, take some time this week, if you'll remember, take some time this week and just make it a point to listen to your own. Let's listen to our own conversation when it comes to how we talk about other people. 
it would amaze you how much negative stuff comes out of your mouth. Well, so-and-so didn't do this. They must be crazy. Why come? I'm not, I would do it this way. But you ain't, that ain't you. You know what I mean? I'm just saying this is the way we got to think, y'all. There's so much. Just take time. Just take time. Just take time. Do it. Just Can we do that? We, do we need an email or text message so we can remind ourselves? I'm serious. I mean, because this is something we really need to pay attention to. There's some people that are sick and can't get over it and because they got so much negativity going on and they're listening to negativity and they're speaking negativity. They're listening to it and they're speaking it over other people's lives and can't figure out why they can't have no peace in their body. I challenge you. And I tell you what, when we do it, it's like you, you start to, uh, really? How long I've been doing this? <laughs> How long has this been in, operating in my life? My God. <laughs> and so like we got to put the clamps on that thing, shut it down. I remember I was reading years ago in, in James chapter five and where he said, Grudge not one against another, or groan not or grieve not. And he took the same word that made reference to our tongues being used, supposedly being used for intercession for other people, and how we take those words and we turn it in intercession the other way. By groaning, grudging, grieving, grieving and judging other people. And he said, the Lord's at hand, you better cut that out. <laughs> It's in James 5. You can check it out. All right, so let's read on. He says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm wherever the governor decides. Little thing. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that, listen, listen, it defiles the whole body and then sets on fire the course or the wheel or the circumference of nature, nature, and is set on fire of hell. See, so the circle of existence. Set it on fire or we create it by what we are saying with our mouths. He said, every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. He said, we can tame other folks with our tongue, but won't even tame our own. We tame all these animals and tell them what to do. We train them, make them do whatever, make them do this so we can then give them a biscuit or whatever. <laughs> Have a dog stand up on two legs, cat stand up on two legs, train them to do it. But can't govern our own tongues. He said, it's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. He said, therewith, now this is the point I want you to get. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. So I got to make up my mind. You have to make up your mind. We have to make up our minds. We're going to cleanse the fountain. 
And what's going to come out of us is that word of blessing, help, rather than cursing, judging, beating down. We're here. We're still here. All right. So this was, we're going to have to clean it up, clean it up. And here, part of what happens when we start cleaning it up is we start having an ear that's a whole lot more in tune to the words that are coming out that we hear around us. I'm going to tell you one thing that will happen with us in a greater measure than it has happened already. When we start doing this even more and we say, you know, commit or revive our commitment wherever we are, we're going to when we start hearing things about what's going on on the land and start hearing the news, whatever you, your ears, you, all of a sudden you're going to start hearing certain things that you didn't hear before. And you'll say, whoa, 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 oh, wait, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Marriage license? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. License now, who told me I had to be licensed? Wait a minute. How did they do that in the Bible? How did they do that before this corporation took over on this land? How did they do that? What was the order? What was the process that happened before then? People came together and made their own covenant. People kept their records in the church. And there wasn't some governmental structure that said, in order for you to be really have whatever, you got to have our license. All of a sudden, things will start. And somebody said, what? But things will start coming out of the woodwork. You'll start, wait a minute here. Huh. How come I don't have any gold and silver? Who told me I shouldn't have it? Why did they take it from me? Why did they take it from the people? And gave them this paper to play with. That has no gold to back it. Why? You'll start asking questions. You'll start hearing things. And then once that happens, here we go. And if you're willing to follow the train and follow the track, there's a lot of stuff that's going to eventually come out. And then people are going to start understanding. And then people are going to start gathering together and say, you know what? How do I get back to my own country? And it may not be the physical land that's being talked about. How do I get back to my jurisdiction? Then that's what's going to happen. You still with me? So we're going to have to clean up the fountain. Secondly, we're going to have to learn the language of the enemy and refuse to agree with it. If I were you guys, I would find there's a copy of something called Black's Law. I'd find a copy of it. And I just let I, if I did nothing but some occasional reading. It's, it's, it's like a, a, it'll become another dictionary to you and you will find out that there are words that were meant to be one way. And in the people that got into authority, they, they twisted them and made them make, say something else. And then wanted to put everybody in position to say what they were saying with that word and its definition is concerned. Because we don't know there's any difference. It's just like that word state. It's more than one meaning for that word state. And, you know, just as an illustration, we're in the state of Texas, aren't we? Yeah, but we're just two different states of Texas. <laughs> but yes, the same land. It's amazing. 
So we need to find out what the enemy has done. And just like we read, this is why we read what the enemy does, the way he operates is with words. He has perverted and messed up speech and got stuff to where people have no clue about what's going on. So anyway, learn his language and refuse to agree. And then thirdly, we got to go back to what we've been talking about. Say what God says. Remember, Hebrews 3.1 says that we are looking to, we're paying attention to Jesus, who is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. And that word confession is from that Greek word homologio, which means to be in agreement with or to say the same thing as. So we got to find out what truth is. We got to find out what God is saying. And then that's the word we put in our mouths. And that's the thing we adhere to. And then last, let's go ahead and read the scripture again in 1 Corinthians 1, 9 through 10. And then we'll prepare ourselves to receive communion before we go home. 1 Corinthians 1. 9 and 10. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wow. See, we're called into his fellowship. Do you realize that in the fellowship of the of the son, we have the father, the son, we've got the Holy Spirit, we have God in fellowship and that we've been called into that fellowship. Now, what do you think the language of the Godhead is like? How do you think they talk? Boy, man. They got good things going on. Their speech is that of victory, that speech of overcoming, the speech of soundness, holiness, peace, righteousness, all those good things that we have some understanding of. This is what they're declaring. Unity, soundness, strength, overcoming, power. Yeah. We rule. We have dominion. We reign. The enemy must bow principalities and powers subject to us. Come on, baby. <laughs> uh-huh. All on his head. You with a twist. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is what's going on there. And then in this fellowship that we have, we are to maintain that. And declare the same things. He says, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So here's our assignment for the week and for life. OK, we want to clean up the fountain. Right. Let's clean it up. Clean up. Let the Holy Spirit help us. And let's read this more. Find out what we should be saying. All right. Learn the language of the enemy. And let's refuse to agree. Refuse to agree with anything that they're putting out. And then just very simply say what God says. Hallelujah. 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 We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.